This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow standard orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take a seat. I say. You will obey. It is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew. I'm the TOS editor for the network, and with me, as always, is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. That's good. Today, we're going to be talking about another C character... So it's another character episode. Everybody likes those. And this week, it's everybody's favorite engineer from the original series. I don't want to put people off who are Jordy fans. or, or uh, There are no Jordy fans. Everybody's a Jordy fan. He does barrel rolls. That's, that's like the one thing that he does, aside from you know yell at people and be a jerk. <laughs> I, I cannot get behind Jordy. He is the oh. biggest jerk on the planet. Oh. Nothing against LeVar Burton. I think that he's a really good actor and he's an even better director. But his character, Jordy. Oh my god. What a, <laughs> what a jerk. Just look at the way he treats Scotty. You know? Prime example of how right, big we'll, of a we'll, jerk he is. Anyway. So we'll get into that when we're when we do the Earl Grey crossover on Relics. Yes. Yes. But uh yes, Scotty is is the subject today. Montgomery Scott. Everybody's favorite fake Scotsman, mm-hmm. which I never knew that he wasn't Scottish. I mean, like growing up. Yeah. And uh, apparently his Scottish accent is terrible. Yes. I, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> which is really bad. I mean, I, I apologize to our Scottish listeners or, or friends of mine who are Scottish, but uh, I thought it was accurate. But well, I mean, how would it's you my know? first it's exposure. Kid. Yeah, it's your first exposure to a Scotsman. Right? So, right. Yeah. Who knew? And it's convenient that his last name's Scott? I always thought that's that was a coincidence. Yeah. That's a that's a really good coincidence. <laughs> so Scotty, we thought we'd talk about the three eras of Scotty. Uh we've got TOS, we've got movie, and we've got JJ Burst. So TOS Scotty. Underutilized? I I mean most of the minor characters. Uh even McCoy, I would say, are underutilized. It's it's a different dynamic. I mean, you know, we kind of have to look at it uh, historically, where, you know, today, even with the movies, you know, we we see these characters and we're like, this is the crew and this is the whole crew and blah, blah, blah. And then you look at shows like Next Generation and things like that, and there was uh, much more of an effort to make it sort of an ensemble-based show. Uh, whereas with the original series, that was never the intention. It was always, you know, there's Kirk, and then there's Spock, and then there's McCoy, and then there's these other guys who we need to fill out the crew and tell these stories. 
So, like, when Scotty gets uh, an episode kind of to himself, it's like, oh, well, that's cool, but it's really just there to tell a story that they couldn't tell with Kirk or Spock or McCoy. This is true. An episode where Kirk is framed for the murder of a hooker would be... Right. Awesome. Completely different. It but... would be awesome, but... <laughs> but never would never happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, t- is he underutilized? I mean, if you look at it in terms of, like, Next Generation or Deep Space Nine, it's like, yeah, he was definitely underutilized. But if you look at it in terms of what they were trying to do with the show then no. You know, I mean, he wasn't underutilized. He was utilized about as much as they needed to utilize him, you know? What's cool about Scotty is that he's third in command. So if Kirk and Spock are kidnapped by weird aliens or whatever, uh, Scotty's in command, which happens in one, two, three, four, five, five episodes. Hmm. And it's interesting that a, a couple of those times when he's in, when he's not in command... When Kirk is kidnapped and and Spock is in command and people don't like what Spock is doing, you'll notice that Scotty and McCoy always try to mutiny. <laughs> yeah. Which like every time that, that, that they don't agree with him, they're just like, we need to overthrow Spock and put you back in command, Scotty. So I'm thinking that the McCoy and Scotty have got a, a, you know, a good friendship there that, that we don't get to see very often. That's why years later, when it came time for the the movies, you know, they, they were re, redoing the command structure. They were like, you know what, Scotty, let's make you fourth in command. Let's let's put Sulu ahead of you because, you know, I mean, not for nothing, but we need someone who's not going to try to take over the ship every time uh, the first officer is is in command. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scotty in the series is a very proud man. Mm-hmm. Um, in Trouble with Tribbles, he is, uh, he's the one who starts the bar fight, not because the Klingons were insulting Kirk, but because the Klingons started insulting the ship, which is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Especially looking at it from like the Deep Space Nine characters' points of view when, uh, when O'Brien thinks that the, the stand-in is actually Kirk, that <laughs> Shatner's stand-in is actually Kirk. And he's like, wow, you know, Kirk's not doing anything about that. But that man insulting him. It, yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, I mean, it, it's it, a lot of it is done for you know comic effect and stuff like that. You know, some of the things that he's proud about are things which you wouldn't necessarily be proud about, like you know his ability to drink, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he is a very proud man, and that and that comes through on the original series for sure. The, the the other thing about his character on the original series is, um, I mean, it, it does change, like, in the movies and stuff like that. But in the original series, he seems a bit more reserved, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not as he's not as over-the-top in terms of, of his portrayal. And um, it's, it's kind of like he he's very good at his job. And he just sort of does his job, you know. He knows what needs to be done, and he and he does it, you know. Right. And he doesn't have that sort of uh, um, crazy, like over the top, like uh, 
you guys are, you know, I'm, I'm a miracle worker and you guys, you don't, you know, know what's going on and how many times <laughs> do I got a blah, blah, blah. He just, you know, he, he's just very, very much, you know, focused on what he needs to do and, and sort of, uh, he's, he's kind of a, a nerd when it comes to the ship, you know, like there's that thing in trouble with tribbles where, you know, he's like, uh, oh good. You know, I, I don't have to take shore leave anymore. I can go, um, back to my room and, and read my technical journals because that's what <laughs> I, that's what I really, uh, you know, get off on, is, you know, how this stuff works and everything. And I don't care about socializing or resting or anything like that. You're right. Scotty's a giant nerd. I never thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. And, and when you, you see him like in command, uh, well, you don't really see much of him because whenever he's in command, that means that the, the story is really what's going on on the planet, you know, but you know, when we do cut back to him, it, it, it seems like he's very much, uh, you know, very even, even tempered and everything like that, which is kind of different from when we see him outside of command, but, mm -hmm. but I guess we don't really see him doing much aside from, you know, saying things like, uh, yes, captain, uh, turns out that blah, 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 or we can beam you up whenever you want, captain, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, but or yeah. the weather is causing interference and might put you in a mirror universe. Right. <laughs> things like that. So, so yeah, I mean, his character on the original series is much more reserved. There's, there's much less character there, I think. And, and you don't really see him, uh, develop the, the personality, the strong personality that he has until the movies. I mean, maybe the, the one or two glimpses that we get of it are, um, well, Wolf in the Fold, you mm -hmm. know, and then uh, who mourns for uh, Adonis or Adonis or however you pronounce that, you know, and both of those are where he's like, hey, look at that woman who I want to get with, you know, <laughs> whether it's a, a hooker or, you know, a crew, a crew member or whatever. And then you see this sort of like jealousy flare up. And yeah, whenever there's a woman involved, he just turns into a mess you know <laughs> but uh but that's that's kind of cool too and i like seeing that you know especially it's like we see him when he's off duty we see him as this sort of crazy guy when he's on duty he's completely completely he's all business. focused yeah crawling through tubes and plugging things in and yeah what, what's the the episode where he has like the drinking contest thingy that one is uh by, By any, any other name. Yeah. Okay. And what happens there again? He, so these, uh, these aliens have taken over the ship. They're trying to take, take it to the Andromeda galaxy. And, uh, McCoy and his guard, McCoy challenges his guard to a drinking game. And the guard, he outdrinks the guard who passes out. And then, Look, uh, sorry. And then Scotty stands up, and he's like, "Aha, I won!" And then he passes out. So, mm -hmm. really, it was all for naught. But it was still impressive that he lasted twenty seconds longer than his captor. <laughs> yeah. So, like things like that, you know, added to his character. But when you actually see him in action, he's all business. All business. But then we get to the movies. 
where he becomes the comic relief goofball. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least that's how I see him, especially Star Trek V, where he's literally doing pratfalls. Yeah. And I know that there's uh, some history with that one. I, I was at uh, a convention um, one time in, in Atlanta, uh, Dragon Con. This was like 10 years ago. And there were some people talking about, you know, this was at like a Star Trek thing. And like one, someone in the audience was like, I forget the context, why it came up. But this guy, he's like, Star Trek V is a travesty. And William Shatner it should, it should burn in hell because of the way he treated James Doohan. James Doohan's a saint. And he had, <laughs> he had him, you know how many times he had him do that, that Pratt fall, how many times? And Scotty... He knows every inch of that ship. There's no way that he would hit his head on that thing. And and, and James Doohan asked him not to do it. And William Shatner did it because William Shatner hates James Doohan because J- William Shatner is the devil. And James <laughs> Doohan is the best person ever to act in a Star Trek movie. And that was just a shame. A shame. And William Shatner is going to hell. So if you parse through that... <laughs> I mean, obviously there were some tensions between them, and obviously that was, you know, Dewan's take on that. And I'm sure that Shatner being Shatner was probably like, hey, it would be funny if we had this guy who I don't like hit his head on this thing and everything <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can totally see the William Shatner crafted adventure uh, using, basically making Scotty into a, you know, a doofus, you know. That that doesn't surprise me. But he also breaks him out of the jail that they couldn't have broken out and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, I, I he did so. give him some heroic moments and gave him being able to flirt with Ahura, which that was a thing. Nice of him. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, if you're Shatner, you're writing a movie. There's Michelle Nichols, and you deliberately, you know, make it so that Scotty's the one flirting with her and not Kirk. So. That's true. I don't know about I don't know about deliberately hurting Jimmy Dewan in I could see I could see maybe in that one scene just being like, We're gonna make you, you know, take a pratfall. Uh but, <laughs> but you know, I mean I don't know, you know. It's but but in in the rest of the movies though I mean he was the comic relief, but it wasn't like the humor was at his expense. This is know? true. He he was just funny. I mean, like his stuff in Star Trek Three was was funny, um, where he and in, in Star Trek Four as well. You know, oh yeah, it's like how quaint. And then he invents transparent aluminum. You know, so so that stuff was cool. Yeah, if I could, I mean, I used to do that. I think I told the story before in my computer lab in elementary school. We'd look, we'd pick up the mice. Hello, computer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but. You know, there there isn't really much of that in Star Trek's one, two, and six. Obviously, those are those movies don't have that much humor in general. But, um, and of course he does. Know, he does get to say, "I bet that Klingon bitch killed her father." Not in the theatrical cut, though, right? Oh yeah, that's. I was wondering about that. Yeah, but he did. He does get to bust down the door and and shoot and the guy. tackle Odo. Yeah. No, he busts down the door <laughs> oh, and shoots, shoots Odo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which my friends, I have a friend who's like, <laughs> he said that when he, he went to see Star Trek Six in the theater and that happened, 
all all of his friends, including himself, in the theater jumped up and cheered, and they're like, "Yeah, Scotty, you go." <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Star Trek Six has gives everybody something to do, and then they put Scotty up there, like when when Kirk is standing up there, and they have the two people, you know. Yeah, it's, Scotty is the, the one awkward like... the awkward scene where they're like <laughs> posing for the press or something. Yeah, and Scotty's the one who's like, "I'm going to go up and do this. This is my moment to shine." You know, <laughs> I totally shot that guy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Star Trek Two. They did the whole thing with uh, his his uh, nephew or not, not nephew, in the, depend- not in the theatrical, <laughs> not in the theatrical. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a cool moment and but i mean star trek 3 to me is is the one where he really sort of does stuff because there's the whole thing where he's you know working on the on the the excelsior you know and he he pulls out the pieces from the transwarp drive to you know do all that (laughs) stuff but um but yeah i i don't know what do you think about his character in the movies compared to the show well I mean, I understand that the movie writers had to accelerate because, you know, in the show, if they gave him an episode, you know, he had half an hour out of the hour to be his, but they're not going to do that in a movie. Uh, So I think they wanted to make him memorable. So they gave him the memorable, funny moments because Jimmy Doohan's a funny guy. I like him all around. I mean, I, I like him in the movies, even when he's not remembering the ship. I mean, how many times do the hallways and bridge change like we talked about in the in the Enterprise episode? You know, on the the A. Sure, there could be a bulkhead he doesn't remember being there. Yeah. Though he probably terrible. helped design it. Yeah. <laughs> Since there was a TOS episode where he knew the ship better than the guy who designed it. Mhm. But uh yeah, I like I like Scotty in the movies. I think he's funny. I mean, he's my favorite part of most of them. Three, definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I like Scotty in the movies, too. And I guess since I watched the movies before I watched the series, you know, I've always sort of, like, thought of Scotty in that way. And then when I watch the series, I'm like, wow, that guy's weird. He's different. He doesn't have a mustache, and his hair is black. That's strange. Yeah. You know? Is that the same guy? It's weird, yeah, because you kind of... The same for me, kind of growing up with the movies, seeing the movies over and over again, and then watching the series. Mm-hmm. It he he does seem like a different actor completely. Yeah, yeah. It's that mustache. It's that mustache. Yeah, I think it is the, the mustache and the hair color change. You know. And then we get to the JJ verse, mm-hmm. where Simon Pegg takes over the role. And I don't know about you, but I love Simon Pegg. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love Simon Pegg. Because, I mean, even before the movie came out, even before 09 was cast, I was a big fan of of Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So when there was this, like, the guy from Shaun of the Dead is going to be Scotty. I was like, that's perfect. I love it. Because he can continue the humor of the movie, Scotty. He's British, and his wife is Scottish, so he should be able to get the accent down. I was really excited. I still am. I've got a figure over there. <laughs> no, I don't. I took him down. I had a figure of Scotty as as Time and Peg as Scotty over on my shelf next to next to the Miles O'Brien and now the Geordie. Apparently, I have an engineer thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was excited as well, you know, because, I mean, he was one of the few people who was sort of like a name actor. I mean, I had seen everyone in the cast and other things, but Simon Pegg was certainly the, the biggest name out of out of those those new actors. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I did like Shaun of the Dead quite a bit and Hot Fuzz and all that stuff. And I... Um, was like wow that's that's cool you know that's really cool that they got him to do this but at the same time i was like well he doesn't really look like him and i don't really know if his performance is going to be similar to you know scotty's performance or whatever but uh i mean i'm sorry james Dewan's performance um but in the end i think what what happened was it was a different portrayal of scotty but uh, that doesn't mean that it didn't work. Right. I don't know and what... that's something that you can't win. Because if you if you do like Continues, which Continues has uh, Chris doing, mm-hmm. who does an amazing impression of his dad's Scottish impression. Mm-hmm. But if you, uh, the other characters, you fault them sometimes for being like, oh, somebody's doing a Kirk impression or a Spock impression. But then those same people will complain if it's just like Simon Pegg isn't doing a very good Scotty. So it's like you can't please everybody. So you either go with your own interpretation of the character or you go with an impression or you go with a middle ground. Someone's going to find something to complain about. Yeah. And I mean, just kind of like the same thing we were talking about a few weeks ago with the Enterprise itself and the bridge and everything like that. I mean you've got a balance between staying true to the original and actually just trying to make a good movie, you know, and trying to have someone do, you know, an impression of, of this actor is going to inhibit their performance on the whole. And if you're going to hire a lesser actor because he's really good at doing a James Dewan impression, then that's going to hurt your movie too. You know, if you have a chance to get Simon Pegg in your movie, to play Scotty, then you just get Simon Pegg in your movie and, and you, you deal with the fact that it's not going to be a one-to-one correlation with James Doohan, you know? It's a new take on the character, and that's fine, you know? Yeah. But beyond that, beyond actually Simon Pegg playing uh, Scotty, how do you feel the character of Scotty was, you know, like written, essentially, in, in the new movies? Well, again, he's he's playing kind of a comic relief, and he is thrown into situations. Just, I mean, that's the the. If you have a problem with two thousand nine, it's because these characters are separated, unlike in the TV show, and then they all meet up and they all find their places. Uh, I wasn't completely keen on Scotty just being you know, a random guy that they found in this outpost. I like, he's goofy. He's the comic relief and they hired a comedian to do it. And I, I like, I like that. He's got that natural ability to say things in a funny way without it seeming stupid. Yeah. I mean, like, it, I like this ship. It's exciting. <laughs> if if you, if you think about it though. Okay. So there's eight years in between uh, the time of, Star Trek 09, or nine years, I think, in between the time of Star Trek 09 and and the original series first season, right? So if you look at how much 
the character of Scotty and even just in terms of physical appearance changed in between the original series and the movies. Who's to uh-huh. say that that's not how he was eight years before the series? This is uh, true. Like we discussed series. last week, the pre this se- series is still a prequel to the original series because yeah. time year wise, we're still a few years away from it being the, uh, the time of TOS. A lot of years away, like eight, eight years, eight, nine years, you know? But yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Scotty is like, uh, the, 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 I'm going to say xenomorphs from aliens, alien, <laughs> where he has like, you know, different life cycles. He starts off as <laughs> like a, a face hugger. So like, like, you know, Simon Pegg is the face hugger. <laughs> And then the original <laughs> series is, you know, like the chest burster, and then the and then the movie Scotty is uh, the the full on uh, xenomorph. What's Scotty from Generations? The alien queen? I guess he would be right. <laughs> He's got the hands in his chest. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works for me. I can see it. Okay. It all makes sense now. But yeah, I mean, I thought that the 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 uh, JJ versus Scotty was like I liked him. You know, anytime he came on screen, I was like, oh, that's funny. And I'm like, this really isn't Scotty. Like, they're not really doing justice to the character. But then again, what was the character? I mean, if you're gonna try to be true to the original series, I mean, the only time where he was given stuff to do is like when he was off duty or whatever. You know, he was kind of comic relief. And it was comic relief in a, in a different way, but I guess you kind of had that. And, like, you, you look at um, Into Darkness, and I, I do think that, you know, like, the stuff that, that he did in there where he's like, look, you know, and it, like that one scene where he actually says, like, Jim, you know, and, and I'm like, that's that's really telling. Like, that, that, that mm-hmm. little moment, you know, kind of, like, hit me, and he's like... I do not want these things on this ship. This is dangerous, you know, and, and he stood up for his, his, uh, his beliefs or whatever. And, and so much so that he actually quit. I mean, that, that was like a really serious, and, and maybe it's because like everything they had done with him up until that point had been like comic relief. Like yeah. when they, when they had that scene where he quits, I mean, that like hit really hard. And that to me is very original series, Scotty, you know, yeah. like, like we were saying, yeah. you know, when Spock was in command and he didn't agree, you know, he would lodge a complaint and then try to figure out a way to get Spock out. Like, he has a big concern for the ship and is willing to do the right thing mm-hmm. no matter the cost. And here he is in Into Darkness quitting, essentially. Yeah. And forcing Keenzer to quit for some reason. <laughs> Weird that they already had their their, you know... I quit documents already on their pads when the conversation happened. But oh, is that what it was? That's the impression. I've heard some people say that that was the impression that they oh, got. I, don't I, I, I thought, think he was just handing in his pad as like, yeah. give me your badge. Right, exactly. That's what I thought the idea was. They were just like, he should have. I'm I, using this piece of equipment right now and I don't need it anymore, so here. You know? And then because the, they don't have the pips on the collar, they can't be like Picard and pull their pips off and throw them yeah. down. And they can't rip off the, the the stripes from their from their shirts because we, as we established in our last episode, they use the the Nike Flywire technology, so you can't <laughs> rip the, the uniforms. I mean, you right. could take off his com badge, but 
But those are cool. Why would you want to yeah. take that off? If yeah. they're com badges, we didn't discuss that in the in the comic episode, but it seems that the comics imply that they're com badges, like in the next generation era. Really, I didn't pick up. Yeah, on that. but the movies definitely don't. In the movies, they've got the because he's got but, he's got a communicator in the comic too. Right, but there's there's uh, even in where no man has gone before. There's a a beep sound that comes from his communicator. Mm. And there's a couple of the comics where he's actually smashing his chest. Like, I, I think know. I think that might be uh, some artist interpretation. I mean, there's isn't there one issue where they have like the the 1701A or something like that instead of the... yeah, that's a mirror universe episode. Yeah. So they've they've got all kinds of excuses. Okay, for that one, I think none of which make any sense. But yeah. oh, of course not. <laughs> Have you actually seen the movie Artist Person? <laughs> yeah. Overall, I love Scotty. I have to say that that um, he's always made an impression with me. I've I've appreciated the humor and his dedication to the ship. I think that that next to Kirk, no one loves the Enterprise more than Scotty. But I'd say Scotty knows the ship better than Kirk. At least the how to make it work. Kirk loves it when it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, you know, there's a lot of uh, um, similarities between Scotty's job as engineer and, and you know, what, what I uh, used to do as a projectionist. And, and as a projectionist, I oftentimes, you know, felt like Scotty when I had like a rubber band, like tied to a projector in order to make a movie run. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is what Scotty would do, you know? Uh, so so that that was kind of you know because of that i always felt a, a, a kinship with with scotty but uh in terms of the character himself i mean i guess i wish he would have had more to do you know so that there actually was a character there you know yeah but yeah yeah i, I think that i mean when i do when i cosplay and stuff i wear a red shirt i i've always felt like i i belonged in engineering Hmm. Uh, it's part of the thing. I like working with computers like I do. When I was doing like IT work, I always felt like Scotty. Maybe because my first experiences with computers were spent, you know, recreating the discovery of transparent aluminum. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what influenced me. But yeah, uh, I've always loved Scotty, and I always will. Yeah. Well, it was fun talking about Scotty today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Where no man has gone before, comic versus episode. They talk about how we just picked up this psychiatrist from uh, from Alderbon. Alderbon. Shoot. Alderon. This is called Alderon. Earl Grey. All good things. In a universe where Troy is dead, the Enterprise D lives on. That's all I want to say. It's the only thing that matters. The ready room. Simple defense. Ducat recorded messages, obviously, for a lot of different um, scenarios. Isn't it funny <laughs> to think of him, like, you know, whatever, 10 years before this episode, like, yeah. you know, putting a day aside. It's like, I have to do, I have to sit in front of a camera <laughs> and just think of ways they could screw us. The orb. Till death do us part. His are, are, are very quizzical in nature. They they're of the scientist. They're of the somebody who who is willing to accept. Okay, where what is this reality? What's going on? 
she's just all like, tell me what to do right now. You know, like, right. There's nothing spiritual about her. To the journey. Voyager season four marathon. I was working full time on top of being a full time student. And I listen, I I don't want to hear your excuses. Okay. I don't want to hear them. (laughs) Like, life was happening and... A great man once told me, if something's important to you, you make the time. Warp 5. Organians on Enterprise. Part of what this episode of Enterprise is about for me is it's the search for the Organian society to to find compassion again. Commentary, Trek Stars. Griff Bull and the X-Files, Bad Blood. It's actually kind of odd because the audience can piece together the narrative flow better than, you know, their boss. That's because their boss didn't have the uh, brilliant direction of Cliff Bull to uh, observe. Literary Treks. Greg Cox, No Time Like the Past. The one thing I had to be very careful of, and this was another sort of potential minefield that I had to navigate, was nobody in Kirk's time knows who the Borg are. So she can't like, oh, hi, I'm seven of nine. I'm a former Borg. You know, they don't know the Borg. She has to be careful not to tell them the Borg. And introducing Continuing Mission, our newest show all about fan series and independent productions. Star Trek continues with Doug Drexler. Everybody who does a Star Trek show in CG, the first thing they do is make the ship 947 feet long. Well, there's no way it's going to look the same because the ship that they shot on television wasn't 2,000 feet long. It was 11 feet long. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. Let's tell everybody where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts on today's show or any of our other shows. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail with your webcam's microphone. Or you can talk to us and our other listeners on our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me right here on trek.fm where I do commentary Trek Stars, and you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com or I do commentary track stars off topic. You can find me on Twitter at mumbles3k, or you can email me at comtrackstars at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and you can find me on various other Trek FM network shows, such as uh, Warp 5 and, uh, and The Orb. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps bring in Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everybody? Well, you know, James Doohan's not only an actor, he's also an author. What? And yes, he is. He wrote a series of books called Flight Engineer, along with S.M. Sterling. I'm not playing. I did not know this. Yeah, I didn't know this either. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he, he he they've got it looks like all of the books. It looks like it's a trilogy. Flight Engineer, Privateer, and the Independent. Or I'm sorry, The Rising, Privateer, and the Independent Command. Um, so this first book, The Rising, was written by James Dewan along with S. M. Sterling. It's narrated by Jonathan McLean of Nakatomi Plaza fame. I don't think so. Okay, if you say so, whatever. <laughs> you can't prove it. And uh, yeah, here's here's a description. Um, Peter Rader became the Commonwealth's first ace pilot in the war against the secessionist Mollies. That battle cost him his hand and his right to fly the nimble speeds that had been his first love. Now he's fight, flight engineer on the fast carrier Invincible, a crack new ship with a picked crew, ready to fight the Mollies who control the universe's richest anti-hydrogen mines and the loathsome spider-like alien Phibians who have come to their aid. There are only a few problems. The pirate raiders who attack the convoy take him <laughs> to his new posting. <laughs> For what? one, and closer to home... The traitor on board the Invincible, who engineered the grisly death of Peter's predecessor, and who will kill the entire crew unless Peter can stop him. So he's the chief on Galactica. Yeah, well, he's Scotty on the um, Invincible. Invincible. You know, I mean, yeah, and uh, and you can get that book for free. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can help us keep Standard Orbit in orbit, and that's by uh, donating to the website. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobo Ushi, who does most of the artwork on the site. You can buy them as uh, art prints or badges, and uh, there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. You know, they have a lot of aliens on there and everything like that. They've mm -hmm. got Klingons, they've got Spock people, Spockers, Spockers, that's what they're called, right? Spockers? No. Or Vulcans, whatever they are, uh, you know, those things. And uh, they've got Ferengi and everything, but the one thing that I have a problem with is that there's no Tribble at all. That's a good joke. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Scotty. Mm -hmm. You know him, you love him. You laugh at him. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit, ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.